You're listening to the Tuesday Review. I'm Nathan, as always, joined by James and Callum. How you going, boys? Good. Not bad. All right. So a little bit of an interesting week this week. Yes. Um, if uh, Alum shows up this week, we'll talk about our um, Axe experience. But until then, we've we can got... talk about it anyway if he doesn't come. Yeah, we'll, we'll oh, talk about. Till, our, we'll start with our main we'll start, yeah. yeah, we'll start with the other yeah, yeah, topic yeah, yeah. we want to talk about tonight. Yeah, um, and we'll talk about it either way. But we'll give him a yeah. chance to get here if he's going to come. So we're also going to talk about True Detective: Night Country, season yes. four of the yes. anthology kind of crime noir drama, mm. um, and our disappointment. Yeah, I mean, the the thing with True Detective is the first season is so freaking good <laughs> yeah. that anything after it just had. The shoes it had to fill were, yeah. were too big. Yeah. Um, and the second season, they rushed it out because the first season was so well received. They rushed out the second season and like they just did it too quickly and it was, you know, was kind of disappointing. Um, my problem with the second season, even though I liked a lot of it, I th- feel like it was too many characters. There was like four main characters instead of yeah. the two. Yeah. Um, it tried sh- to do too much. Yeah, it should have just been either Vince Vaughn and Colin Farrell's story, or it should have just been um, Rachel McAdams and Taylor Kitsch's story. Yep. Like those two, it was like too much going on. Yeah, spread itself too thin. Um, and also, the first season is so great. One of the reasons it's so great is because it's got that weird uh, supernatural occult. Yeah, like there's something, there's like a thin veil. Like it's not full on mist, like magical, but there's something. I think there's odd. a, what is it? What's that word, Nathan, for it? Um, Southern Gothic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, this, there's this hoodoo element to it as well. Like mm. that kind of that mysterious, unearthed kind of mystery feeling. Yeah. Like the, um, also the always popular evergreen Illuminati element yeah the that, conspiracy that kind yeah. of we're seeing threads of of a larger nefarious threat yeah uh, which is like that extra thing to keep you going because they're mm. you know usually there's like a few clues per episode and you know you want to see where it goes yeah so they keep you involved it's also like it, it was such because like I, I i re-watched it before season four yeah. we as thought, did we all we thought yeah. there was going to be um a stronger connection stronger connection to season four um and I'm glad I did rewatch it because it's been a long time since I last yeah. saw it. And, you know, it's been 10 years or yep. 11. Probably. It's been a long, like, yeah. a long time. But I was watching it and I'm like, wow, remember the when the golden age of television started and there yeah. was like Breaking Bad, Mad Men, Game of Thrones, and then True Detective came out and I was like, this is it. Movies are dead. TV is king. <laughs> yeah. And now 10 years on, I'm like, everything sucks. Why is everything? It's just content for content's sake. Yep. Streaming oh. the, uh, HBO and now is now just HBO Max and then HBO Max is just Max and they're deleting all the content yeah. and, it's all, and it's just like, everything sucks. And Paramount mention, Plus, it's there being like, could someone buy me? <laughs> please. <laughs> please. please, we're packaged with Amazon, please. <laughs> Not to mention uh, the uncomfortable fact that in the next 10 years, it's going to get so much worse Oh yes. because of the uh, brand new breakthroughs in A. Oh, have you seen those super realistic videos? It's crazy. So, you know, I saw a joke on the net the other day that was like Netflix will soon in five years have a little prompt box for you to make your own Netflix content. That would be kind of So it's like, you know, I could finally have the Dark Crystal season I never got. (laughs) Yes. Oh, okay. 
I'm, I'm back on board. With I get AI. no, but again, it's it's actors that get paid two hundred dollars yeah, for their exactly. likeness, and your yeah, show will yeah. be generated. Yeah, yeah, and all the people who worked on the show, uh, and then it got cancelled. And now all we have to do is stop, type stop, in. We're giving them ideas. Yeah, uh, they've they've already they've already yeah. But um yeah, and it was watching rewatching season one of True Detective, and I was like, wow, this is such good television. It yeah. is like premium yeah. tip of the top excellent cinematography music acting writing whatever everything about it yeah and it that was the feeling at the time of like this is tv now everything's going to be like this and movies are just trash and you know it, it Innocent, flipped James. yeah and it flipped and for years we thought that and now we're at this point um and it's just like wow we didn't know how good we had it cuz i think it was for a very brief time it's like when kind of the you know it's been like this for a long time now but when movies were just about superheroes and all the kind of only popcorn movies did what the cinemas even back then it was a correction they're like well we'll make all the good dramas and stuff on the yeah. tv and then tv just got worse and movies didn't get better exactly that's what yeah. i'm saying it's all yeah. crap now so now it's like well what do we do yeah do we and go back to reading books again one of the great things about season 1 watch blu-rays like me yeah, I mean, yeah, watch yeah, old I'm movies. Yeah, talking about new content. <laughs> yeah. yeah, do we just watch old movies? I guess. <laughs> That's the best way to do it. But, like, one of the great things about season one was it, it was every episode was written by Nick Pizzolato and every episode was directed by Carrie Fukunaga. So, That's a the whole yeah. thing felt, felt it felt it was an eight, it was eight, eight hour long episodes it felt like an eight hour movie yeah but it was all cohesive even the best shows now and at the time they like there's more writers the there's different runner, directors and then yeah they had all the different writers um, and whereas when that came out it felt so cohesive and it it was so well and the second season it was like it was normal it was more normal in how it was made in those different directors i think Nick Pazzolato might have written it all or co-written it with someone. I can't remember. Um, so, that was disappointing. And then they waited a couple of years. Season three came out and that was okay. That's um, yeah. But it's like they could never recapture season one. No. And it's been quite a few years since season three. And, you know, season four, they announced it. And, you know, they started, you know, Jodie Foster's in it. Oh, awesome. It's set in Alaska, you know. And it's called Night Country, and it's about when the night... The long night, The yeah. long night when, you know, Alaska doesn't have the sunrise. It's just dark all the time. I'm like, oh, this is going to be awesome. And then they started marketing it with the spiral imagery from the first season. And we were like, oh, it's going to connect uh, to the first yeah. season. And Rust, uh, Matthew McConaughey's character, Russ Cole, from the first season, he he's from Alaska. And so, oh, it's all connected. Time is a flat circle. It's all going to be yeah. like, ooh... Um, and then show comes out, it's fine. It's not, it's yeah. not good. I mean, it's not awful, but yeah, I said, so my parents really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. and it's also not really connected to season one at all. We'll get to except that. Except for one character. Well, we'll, we'll get to that. There's a couple of little breadcrumbs in yeah. there. Yeah. Um, our, our parents really liked it and I'm like, you know, they didn't see any of the problems that I, my mum never watched the first season. So a lot of the problems I had, Your she like, she just, she didn't care. I think your mum's also a good uh, audience member for this season yeah. because if she watched the first season, it's a lot more disturbing and weird. Yeah. It's very normal. It's, it's normie friendly. Yeah. Like Night Country is more like if you said this was just like a Netflix show. Yeah. Like it's, it's that like was not related slight- to True Detective. I'd be like, yeah, fair enough. 
it's like a shinier wire in the blood kind of thing almost which she loves that show yeah you know yeah. what i mean it's like that kind of you know that era yeah although it does have um, creepy stuff in and imagery yeah, and yeah, violence but, and stuff but um, yeah i said to my mom i'm like you know the the problem i have with this season is that season one could never be a film this 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 season oh, could yeah. definitely be a very tight two and a half hour murder drama hundred yeah, like percent you could never do that to season one for example and yeah. the only reason I compared them is because season four itself tries to link itself to season one. Mm. Whereas, like, I'm like, the, yeah, I'm like, it, it, there was too much going on in this season. They were trying to have too many different angles they, and they couldn't pay them all off. Yeah. At uh, least not effectively. So, all the other seasons have been eight episodes. This season is only six episodes. And whereas the other seasons, I mean, I don't remember season two and three that well, but at least the first one... If you start cutting stuff out, you lose a lot. Yeah. Whereas season one had this, every part of season one is vital to it. Yeah. Whereas uh, season four, like we got to episode six and it ended. And, you know, I was joking with you guys before. My favorite comments on online is people going, like, this season could have just been an email. Like, yeah. it's, it's, you could cut out this middle two episodes and nothing would change yeah, like really. there's, there's it could gooder, just be a movie yeah so there's good i think the characters are fine you know what i mean i think they're very abrasive uh but obviously that's on purpose that's yeah. the way the characters are written um and i think again they're just trying think, to copy the you know episode one the, every every season has abrasive protagonists too, yeah because it's this idea of the hard detective yeah like if it, you're it's the film noir like yeah. uh anti-hero um, like but it's like morally gray there's so much meanness from Jodie Foster's character to yeah. to the to the others, and I'm like, you know, you can have her be vulnerable at times, mm. and she is very occasionally. Yeah, I think they needed to lean into her character's complexities was... a bit more because they do. Um, what's the other? The I forget the other lady's name. Navarro. Like, Navarro. That's right. They show her complexities a little more fleshed out, in my opinion, mm. than they do um, Foster's. Mm. I apologize for forgetting the names. Danvers, yeah. Danvers, yeah. Um, because it's such a complicated town dynamic they have, mm. where because it's a small Alaskan town, everyone kind of knows each other. See, it's I don't, a, I don't think they did a good job of representing they, that. No, they didn't. Yeah, but like you know, people Danvers generally Danvers. Yeah. Danvers. Danvers. Yeah. Jodie Foster's like character is yeah. the sheriff. Danvers. Liz, Liz Danvers. And. Uh, yes. Callie Reese, I think is her name. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Navarro. Evangeline Navarro. Yeah. Yeah. Who's was with the sheriff's department, but then she got busted down to Trooper, which is like yeah. street cop, basically. You do to get be hint, fair. You do get hints of that community dynamic, but they She does pick fights. Yeah, she does yeah. pick fights, correct. Um, I think they could have explained that more, like the, how the police are viewed by the townsfolk as a whole, because it is a very... Um, in, uh, is indigenous the, the, the correct word to use? Yeah. Um, it is a very indigenous native community. American. Native American. Yeah, yeah, native community, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I think it would have been interesting to see that was, from their point of view more. That was something I was disappointed about is that Navarro is native or at least part native and uh, Danvers is like just white lady who's like coming in from outside the town. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's a little bit of tension there, but really nothing. Um, I would have been more interested in like learning more about the native culture and like maybe that having more to do with the mystery. They yeah. hint at it a couple times, like, you know, with the tattoos on the, yeah. the stepdaughter or whatever. And I'm like, it never really, I, I would have been much more interested 
in if Navarro was the main character yeah. and we're, we're seeing more of that. So the, the interesting part of, of Navarro's character is her being alienated from her culture because mm. her, you know, part of the character's plot po- spo- spoilers for Night Country. Should we go full spoilers? Full or? spoilers. Yeah, People uh, listening, we assume they've seen it. All right, yeah. Well, no, I, mean, I mean, this we'll, isn't like crazy should, I mean, it's new. All right, we'll do mild spoilers and then if we yeah. have to hard announce it, we'll hard announce it. Um, a part it's of, still new. Yeah. yeah a key true. part of Navarro's uh, character is her relationship with her mother and the relationship between her and her sister because, yeah. like, you know, she has a... She's half native mm. uh, and her she never really knew her mother too well and mm. her mother never never gave her mental illness her, runs in the family yeah and her mother never educated her you know um, she never thoroughly. got her indigenous name mm. her native, her native name. name and so that that's an interesting part like her relationship to her tribal people is something i think they really should have focused on primarily yeah instead they waste is the wrong word but I, I do, my gut feeling says wasted. They, they yeah. wasted a lot of her time on her relationship between, with her and Karvik. Yeah, where I'm like, which goes nowhere and it's not really They could have kept it in, but yeah. I want to see more of how she connects. Like, what? how does it feel to her to be an outsider, both literally as a also, policeman and also to not have that, that um, understanding and knowledge of her people? Also, one of my problems is that the victim, you know, the main victim that... Uh, Navarro is the murder victim Annie, who Annie Annie Kay, who you know her obsession is to find the killer, um, and she's a native woman who was brutally murdered. Um, and there's this mining company who's polluting the environment, and the you know the native community uh, is trying to rally against the mine and protesting and whatever. Um, and I'm like, this is all interesting as well, but it seems to not really go anywhere. But it's also like, a, a, this movie, for a show set in Alaska, I felt cold towards everything that was happening and all the characters because I really didn't get that sense of community. No. Uh, you know, the, I got more, do you remember when we saw How to, How to Blow Up a Pipeline? Yes. I got more of that sort of sense of like, they're destroying the environment and the indigenous community, or whatever, and we have to do something about it. Well, do you remember that, that scene in How to Blow Up a Pipeline? Yeah, that deals with that literally. Yeah, and I don't know if it's Alaska, but it's like set in. Yeah, I think it even might be in Alaska. Yeah, and I'm like that. That angst. You only see that angst from the people in this film a few times, but it's also less visceral than in How to Blow Up a oh, Pipeline. Oh yeah, in the show, like there's a stepdaughter character, and then like that kind of goes. And nothing really goes anywhere because. There's like a couple episodes where they, they set things yeah. up and then they don't really. The, the the core problem I have with the season is they seem to not. They don't want to pay things off, in a way that feels satisfying, or they just I shouldn't say don't want to. That's they just didn't for whatever yeah. reason, whether it was script rewrites or that's the other thing, especially studio interference or what have you. They kind of just fizzle out, especially yeah, especially with the ending is like you find out the mystery and you're kind of like oh, oh that's kind of silly. And then there's all these other lingering questions. And I guess to them, that those lingering questions is just like, you can't answer it. Like they, one of the characters even literally says, you can't answer everything or something like that. What a cop and, out. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I understand the original season had this other, like there was, there's a, yeah. there's a dark presence underneath things and there's a grander conspiracy criminal uh, cabal yeah. of like this whole thing. Um but you still felt satisfied with where the mystery was solved yeah. and and most importantly 
where Russ Cole like has this catharsis through yeah. all these years. It you know the first season takes place over years, um, and it's like at the end of it, you feel like this weight's been lifted off him. Yeah. Whereas the end of this season, like you should feel like this weight of Annie Kay's murder should have been lifted off Navarro and this weight of like not knowing where she fits in, not knowing her people, not knowing her community yeah. should be lifted. And at the end of it, I was just like, I didn't feel anything. Yeah. Um, and then when she like walks off into the sunset, so to speak, which, you know, uh, I'm just like... I roll. Yeah, I'm just like this... What? Why? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she didn't earn that. That yeah. wasn't earned. Yeah. That's the problem. A lot of the endings for this season are not earned. Whereas no. you look at season one, for example, season one does a lot of work with character development over the course of the whole season. Yeah. So the characters that we start with are not the characters we end with. They grow in pretty much every area they need to. They grow and they develop. And that's because HBO gave Pizzolatto a lot of room to maneuver with things like time scales yeah. and things like that. So it's like this film takes place over like the course show. of the month. I'm sorry, this show yeah. duh, takes place over the course of the month. So it's like, oh, you know, yeah, it's a lot four. smaller time yeah, scale. But see, this is. And the characters don't develop enough for the, it, there to be a satisfying resolution yeah. for the characters themselves, much less the story. I mean, season one's great because it does take place over so many years and it's got this flashback, uh, book ending kind of uh, narration kind of scenes and interrogation scenes. Um, and then, like, yeah, you build up over the years. Um, and, you know, this didn't necessarily need that, but I feel like it's it takes place in this kind of small town in the dead of night. Or, I mean, it's 24 hours dead of night, basically, um, and there's blizzard conditions and it's cold and whatever. And I didn't get a sense either of like, okay, you don't have the, the year-long mystery. You don't have multiple locations and states and places to, do, to drive to, whatever. So instead, you've got this small community. They're stuck in there. The the blizzard, the 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 dark, and I don't get that sense of uh, claustrophobia and yeah. you know the boiling isolation from the yeah isolation. World. The uh, the boiling point of like we're all stuck in here, and you've got the mining company and the native community and the police, and and something's about to go off. You know, yeah. you don't get that sense, and that's what this sh- season should have been. It should have should have been the thing. <laughs> but yeah. uh, a murder mystery instead of yeah. an alien. Um, I didn't get that sense of there's no paranoia. There's no... Yeah. And the supernatural elements, quote unquote, felt very eye rolly. I don't also... Or, well, I mean, what's supernatural? <laughs> well... Piggybacking on these elements, I also don't think they used the night well enough. Yes. yes. That's what I'm saying. The yeah. shadows, the dark. Yeah. It's also know, the shadows look too, very like good. The, it's the perfect setting for paranoia, right? Yeah. Because, like, you look out your window, you can't see. There could be anybody out there in yeah. the dark. Yeah. Um, it's also, like, the first season was so good. One, one it looked great cin- cin- cinematographically. Yes. I think that sounds that right. That sounds looked, right to me. It looked purdy, James. It looked purdy. Um, and it, season four looks like any other Netflix show yeah. or even mm-hmm. though it's a HBO show, it might, it might as well be a HBO Max original or whatever because yeah. I can't tell. Some of it looks nice, but overall it doesn't look uh, look particularly good. Um, but the first season has really great tension and amazing action scenes. Yes. That one take, like 
one take action bikers. scene with the bikies yeah. and they're going through the like the crack house, whatever, and it's crazy. Yeah, I was the like whole neighborhood scene, yeah. Yeah, I was just like, holy crap. And this season, you know, it doesn't need something like that. But use the dark to your advantage yeah. in one ratcheting up the tension and the quote unquote horror. But also if you do have a action scene or you're chasing a a uh, yeah. suspect yeah. or play with light or, more yeah. yeah or you know oh there's some might be someone in the corner i've got my gun out it's yeah. like you don't get that sense of like there sh- could be someone hiding yeah the night is because dangerous it's so itself. Yeah. yeah the night is yeah it's just everything is just so boring and plain like, like it's not particularly well directed they or, could have easily just had it being daytime or a normal kind of like a normal i guess you know cycle of night and day and it wouldn't change much really pretty much yeah so yeah, it's, they kind of useless to have it. I get. I mean, it. it would have been interesting for the characters to slowly start to not lose their minds. Yeah, but like over the course of the season, yeah. for them to slowly start to unravel. Like insomnia, the, you know, like, like insomnia yeah. does this well, concept well. Even Rust, you know, the opposite. Even but. Rust in the first season, he's like, I don't think he really sleeps, and yeah. like he's got that little apartment with nothing in it, um, and he he's just like uh, grieving over his daughter's death, and he's just like. Yeah, like he's yeah. this kind of... And this season, they kind of do that thing again where Danvers lost her son yeah. and, you know, Navarro has lost as well in her family. And it's like, you don't get that sense of real feeling. And then they kind of try to backload it all the way in the last uh, episode. Yeah, yeah. That should have um, been spread out throughout the whole yeah, season. Yeah, and again, you don't get that catharsis that Rust got at the end of season one. Yeah. Again, season one is literally about like the battle between light and dark, and this season is about uh, a place on the earth that's always dark for for an extended period of time, and you know they don't deal with yeah uh, you know light triumphing triumphing over dark, yeah. even though the dark is an overwhelming force not only in the world but in this specific place and time on the planet they could have written it so much better like and yeah so, it's know, just a wasted opportunity one of the interesting things about rust cole is that even though he's a dark man like you know he has dark thoughts yeah he has a, mistake, a dark brooding background he's a soul, a soul for lack of a better word soldier of the light you know what i mean yeah he's very much his moral compass is very much set and that his foil is marty who doesn't really have a moral compass. Yeah. He's a pretty bad dude. Mm. They're like the opposites of each other. Mm. Whereas you take this season, and like I said, both of them are just kind of abrasive. Yeah. And they're both kind of just aggressive. The, the most interesting part about Navarro's character to me is the slight spoilers for season four. Is like the visions she occasionally receives. Yeah. Right? I'm like, that should have been a tool for the season where it's like her understanding maybe it's some shamanistic issue with the, mm. the tribal people... And her trying to convey that and have that dialogue with Danvers, mm. it's like that that the two but, the but two people mild spoilers again. Like other people have those visions. One, they don't explore that, and two, other people have those visions as well. So and it's they don't not go like anywhere. it's not like Rust in the first season where he's the only one who has those visions. Yeah, and it's uh, sort of uh, not explained away, but it's kind of mentioned that he he's his brain is fried from the amount of drugs he did while he was undercover. And so that could be part of it, but there also could be a supernatural element. We don't really know. And again, they could have had and the same. Four, they could have had this same examination. Yeah. Like, is it like you know? Are we seeing the visions through kind of I guess you know customs or rituals? 
Yeah. Yeah. Or is it the pollution? People, or is it pollution? Or is it... Yeah, something in the yeah. water, which they yeah. mentioned several times. Or is times. it just the night country, you know? Like, yeah. it's night time all again, the time. The it season, affects people. The season like, ends yeah. and they go, oh, well, there is some weird spooky stuff out there. You can't explain everything. And it feels like a cop-out yeah. rather than... And all of, all of the character development I'm talking about with the, the spiritual stuff, like you said, they backload it. Yeah. It's all that, in like the last episode. We should have been seeing some of the, a little bit of this in episode one. We should have been continued you do, through but each it's episode. So vague. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, like oh, there's a polar bear with one eye. Oh, yeah. the CGI. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but my, yeah, my, my point is, it should have been built up over the course of the season. Yes. So when we finally get to that end, we can say, okay, I can see, you know, it's been led up. Finally, we get that payoff. Mm. But all the payoffs are bad. Mm. Uh, so, you know, everyone, no one. I personally think that uh, the more I think about this season, the less I like it. Yeah. Only because, um, so from incoming rent, fellas, I'll make it quick. We've been ranting this whole episode. Um, the problem I have is they wanted to link this so much to season one because season one is yeah. the best, obviously, mm. and it's it was the original True Detective Cash Cow. Yeah. They start off with the spiral, and that's not a spoiler because that was in the promotional materials. Yeah. More None of these links are really spoiled, no. by the way. More information about the spiral is revealed in this season. Hmm. They retconned the spiral no. in the darkest way. My interpretation is that it's a different spiral, which it would, I was trying to hint to Nathan when we were talking about it the other day. Um, I think they marketed it as, ooh, yeah. it's connected to season one. The spiral comes back. It's yeah, the cult uh, from the first uh, season. I don't think they're connected at all. I think yeah, it's, well, in this season, it's just an yeah. indigenous symbol. I hate it. Yeah. I think it's so dumb. Like, use I a also, different symbol. You don't need to pick it back every, on number one. It's it's your own show. Stand on your own two feet. Yeah. Every, every, also, every connection was just... Is written in as an afterthought. It's, yeah, all, it's, it's almost like it's nostalgia baiting. Like, well, it's, it's no, Russ Cole's again, mother. They re, they, There's the spiral. Time, they, the guy yeah, says, they, time is a yeah, flat circle. And then oh, Jodie Foster, so Foster looks at the camera and winks. Winks, yeah. And, then, and, yeah. and the audience goes, Leonardo DiCaprio point <laughs> yeah. at the screen. Yeah. <laughs> so when, when that character said, time is a flat circle... I'm groaned because I was like, that is not necessary for you to do that because it has no connection to anything else in the season. It's just like he looks at the camera and he goes, this is like someone's faded memory of an Alaskan mining town. Also, the the villains in the first season were like so great. Yeah, they were scary. In this, it's it's a vague, there's, there's a vague supernatural presence and then you find out who the killer was and it's kind of like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then and you then find out what really happened that night and it's kind of cringy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, um, again, mild, uh, it's a bit of a bigger spoiler, so I won't. But like a certain name is dropped, uh, a certain organization name is dropped in this season. Mm. And again, it's like a really cool idea if you want to connect it to the first season, yeah. but it goes literally nowhere. It, this is kind of like Prometheus where they should have either gone yeah. full alien prequel or should have done an Left original alone. movie yeah. and not done this weird I said in the middle. I said to Nathan after I finished watching it today, there are elements of it which screamed to me like, like it's almost like fan fiction. They're like, 100%. I'm going to take elements from season one that I thought were really cool. I'm going to make my own story. And this is going to be in Alaska. Yeah. What if we have a story where Russ Cole's mom is cool? Father. Yeah. Oh, is it? Oh, no, oh. It's, I assume it, it's... I know that... The, I know, the father died uh, in yeah. the ice there. I don't know if... Because I, I never found but, her. I never caught her surname. But I know that... No, no. She she says her name... Her name's Rose Agnew. But I think 
they even mentioned that she didn't take his name oh, or okay, something. Yeah. So oh, either way, but yeah, yeah, I mean, his but father is in the. It's one of the ghosts yeah. in the first episode. But uh, yeah, everything in it feels yeah like Hey, remember this? Yeah. You love the first season. Where they shoehorned member berries. Yeah, into a show that didn't deserve them. And I think, you know, I was saying earlier, you know, the first season's so great because it's written by one guy, directed by one other guy, feels very cohesive. This is written by one person, directed by one person. Issa Lopez, I think is her name. Um, it, it, feel, it only feels cohesive in its blandness. Yeah. And it's kind of like, oh, okay. This I think, is, this is it. Again, there are good like, ideas here, but I think it shouldn't have been a true detective show. Yeah. I think if you just called this Night Country and it came out on Netflix, it would have been better. It would have been <laughs> yeah. fine. Okay. Yeah. But it's still not a good show, I don't no. think. Especially no. the writing is quite cringe. Like said, the, the ending is cringe the and, ending and was, unsatisfying. The ending was a failure. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be too mean, right? Because, like, I didn't hate it. I feel like they also wasted Jodie Foster. That's another thing. It's like the, yeah. not only did they waste the the um the goodwill of the first season, mm. they also wasted the talent because the script just isn't that good at the end of the day. Yeah. I yeah. can forgive let's have, I let's can make forgive it, a bland style. I was actually, you know what this, I mean? It's kind of almost but, a sexist way to write these two leading ladies because it's like Jodie Foster's yeah, character is always in all of her scenes, she's just upset and angry. There's not that it's much a weird depth there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Navarro is just stonewalling everyone. It's for like yeah, the whole show. They're very two-dimensional characters. It's it's a weird season as well because I think it's definitely going for a female empowerment yeah. thing, and that's yeah, but great. It's like, I, but it's just poorly executed. Yeah. It's it's like a it's like a and it's done very, with very boring it's, characters. It's, a, it's, a, it's and like bad writing. I don't want to. So I'm I'm going to rephrase this before I say it out loud because mm. <laughs> I don't want to come off as being really mean. Yeah. It's very much a high schooler's interpretation of what a strong, powerful woman looks like. It's like, I've got a gun. I'm the chief of police. I'm mad. I'm going to yell at you. I'm going to tell you what to do, ruin your family. Yeah. I'm going to go and ha- ruin someone's marriage. And then the other woman's again, she's like, I'm buff and I'm strong. And yeah. don't you look at me. I'm mad. And I don't talk about my feelings to anyone. Yeah. No, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm like strong it's like and a yeah. Like Gary Cooper. And then there's no there's we, no resolution. I just yeah. walk away. Yeah. If we yeah. compare it to season one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we compare it to season one, like I said, you have these two characters who commit, the, they have their mistakes. They also learn from them as the season goes on, mm. reflect on their mistakes. They also, because of, I mean, again, because of the timeline in the first one, they break, they, get, they break apart, they have a falling out, and then they come back together. So that, that also different helps. different people, yeah. And you can it see. It helps resolve not only their relationship, but also the mystery of the... Yeah, whereas, like I said, the the fact that this is in set over a smaller period of time in the one area, mm. I was you'd actually, have to put more, like I said earlier, more work needs to go into the characters. I don't care about all of the little dramas of all the townspeople. I'm interested in the main characters yeah, and their personal Or problems. lean into the dramas Can of the... Uh, make the town a more of a character Yeah, like itself. make it a weird Twin Peaks thing where it's just like... Because they go into that like in, uh, native uh, hunting camp. Yeah. And there's that guy there who's like a bit crazy, and then they come back and he's gone. I'm like, that was pointless. What was? Why was that yeah, there? Yeah. Um, like make those more of characters. Make make it a bit of a weirder. Um, you know, there's that lady who gets drunk and uh, crashes her car. And yeah, it's like yeah, one yeah. scene, and I'm like, okay, like it didn't. I don't know. I, it could have been done so much better. I was actually more interested in. Jodie Foster's character and her relationship with the young deputy prior. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was like, that was like a more interesting dynamic where he's trying really hard to please her. 
she's like being a hard ass, like giving him all the crap jobs at the middle of the night, even though he has a young kid and a wife. And she knows that. And again, she's, yeah, she's, she knows she's ruining his yeah, relationship. Yeah. And I was kind of yeah. like, they could have gone down that road more. And, you know, and then John Hawkes' character, who's prior senior, the prior dad. And I'm like, at the start of the first, at the start of the first episode, I thought they were doing like a, a Fargo thing where John yeah. Hawkes and Jodie Foster were married and their kid was, um, uh, yeah, the the deputy, and I'm like, oh, that's a fun like family yeah. dynamic. But I was, then I was hoping when he came in and he was going to be like an Andy from Twin Peaks. We didn't get that. yeah, <laughs> yeah, because he's got that vibe about him. Yeah, it's like please be a doofus, please be a doofus, <laughs> but he wasn't. Yeah, I feel like yeah, it's not. Um, yeah, it's just it's a lot of missed opportunities. Like the setting is such a great setting, yeah. and and like you know, there's there's an interesting world. Uh, to yeah. just um, uncover there, but explore. But no. I yeah. don't think All they right. did a good Bef- job. So, this is true defective or right country. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I can't. Yeah, I've, been st- I've been stewing on that one. Yeah, Do we yeah, have no. a sound like cheering or clapping uh, soundboard? Uh, well, maybe. Let's, I don't think I don't so. Know. Uh, the best. The best I can do is. <laughs> no, or, that doesn't work. <laughs> Yeah, that's better. Close enough. All right. True defective. I'm going to write that down before I forget it. All right, country. Oh um, earlier in the earlier in the episode, you mentioned uh, the CG and how it was bad. Oh yes. One of the things I don't want to, and I know listeners might have mentioned this in the past on a on an earlier episode, but uh, this is the first time I've seen a TV show commit what will become one of the great cardinal sins of filmmaking. Did mm. we talk about this on a previous episode briefly? Well, Maybe. What are you going to say? Um, they used AI in the to make the to set dress. Oh, I forgot yeah, about so that. In one of the episodes, uh, for all plot reasons, they have to visit someone's apartment. Yeah. And in the background, there's the most cringy AI generated posters. Hmm. That's obviously from an older AI model that they didn't pay for. Yeah. Um, on the wall of this guy's apartment, and yeah. it's like you know, dudes with six fingers and like writing this gibberish on the. It, it says metal in almost gibberish. Yeah, and there's like it, fake it's supposed words to be like a, a a poster of a heavy metal band or something. Well, it and was it obviously just trained says, on pictures of Kiss because that's what it. Yeah, looks it just like. says metal in like yeah 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 dot really dodgy um, le- like AI lettering, and yeah. then there's like the band members on the front with the big hair, and like you can tell that and it's then not real. Yeah, yeah, the the tour dates of the the <laughs> fake band, which is just says metal says uh the first and second 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 st- yeah <laughs> it says it says it's one, one st and two st um it's so, so someone, embarrassing yeah. so we talked about it in our chat and uh anyway people called out the so at least one person i should say called out the showrunner yeah um on twitter yeah and she said it was a decision they uh made creatively to put that in there because the idea is that there's kids at home uh, using AI to make fake uh, music posters because they're so bored because it's Alaska. And I'm like, no, just admit just it. Just admit, yeah. You don't you got even have to admit fault. AI. You can yeah. just say, oh, studio, put that in there. Also, they, you yeah. know what I mean? Kids are not bored at home. They're playing video games. Yeah, yeah, it's not 1995. Also, they yeah. don't make 80s heavy metal, pers- heavy metal posters for a middle-aged man unless there's this whole backstory of, like, this guy's kids. But then I was saying to you guys, they should have just had the stick figure drawings. It's like, oh, his kids yeah. made him some drawings. Um, and my theory was, because so he's sitting on the bed while they're interrogating him and there's, like, a wall behind the bed yeah. and there's, like, two A4-sized 
AI generated posters. Yeah. And my theory was either they left the wall blank and then realized it looked boring after and had to put something in, yeah. which is stupid and they should have figured Keep that out originally. Um, or it was blank and then they had to quickly print the posters and put them on there and they didn't have anything, whatever. Again, draw stick figures, stick them on yeah. there, pretend that this is got. Yeah. Or get your phone, take photos of the crew, like doing, you know, f- yeah, thumbs up. Been, and It could have been a little background. Do a kind little, of like, uh, a little collage and put on the background there. And so, like, oh, this is this guy's family uh, in California, even though he's in Alaska, whatever. Yeah, 100%. You, you can do anything. Yeah. Um, and they chose the laziest, stupidest thing. Yeah, and they leaned into it by saying it was and a... And then they, a, when a, they were caught... Serious creative decision. Yeah. Like, no, I'm sorry. Like, again, not to sound mean. No. I think you're lying. Yeah. You know what I mean? No. Like, like she's covering no her way, ass. There's no way an HBO creative team was like, you know, let's make some really that's, cringy that's looking posters, saying. which we're not going to edit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they, there was no editing oversight on this at all. That's the thing is it's like, or, or they had posters up there that they, had, they didn't have the rights to whatever, and then they had to quickly pace over them but again stick figures whatever do yeah. anything else but also like like i was saying like season one is like just get some royalty free art yes 100 <laughs> percent. like it's so hard <laughs> I, like you, the first season is like you know oh cream of the crop this is you know golden yeah. age of intelligent uh premium cable you know amazing and now we're talking about Bottom ai barrel, a4 yeah. ai posters on this guy's background uh, on this guy's wall in the background of a scene. Like yeah. HBO used to be yeah. premium. Yeah. Attention H- to detail. Exactly. Like money and production design. And now it's just like, this could be any other streaming show on any yeah. other platform. But uh, yeah, so that was, again, we've seen the first example, in at least in TV. So as far as I know, as you know, as far as we've seen, of AI being used to ruin a scene. I know they've done it in video games and people have complained, yeah. but I, I, I think... But it's going to be noticeable into you wait. I mean, I mean, depending on how advanced we can get in. It's probably already happened. I mean, it happened with the opening titles of um, Secret Invasion. Oh, yeah. I heard about that. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm sure there's other examples of it's already been. I mean, you know, filmmakers are going to be listening to this show. But, you know, my advice to anyone would be if you're going to use AI, cover your tracks, please. You know what I mean? Like edit it, like make the AI whatever, do it, uh, whatever you want to do. But then at least Just get a graphic designer to fix your up the HBO, lettering. Your HBO, pay your freaking art... Uh, set, get your art team set, set dresses, set, set whatever decorators who are already on, assumedly on, on your set. payroll. Yeah, they'd be around. Yeah. Or literally all they had to do was go to a $2 shop and get an old map or something, an old blueprint. Yeah, yeah that's And just pin a, it up a on map the map calendar, man. A calendar. Yeah. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. Anyway, we're <laughs> rambling. But I'm any, sorry. Yeah, yeah that's so my, that was my last point. One like, of the big problems is the sh- the show. The first scene of the show is literally some of the worst CGI I've ever seen. It's like all these deer CGI yeah. deer is awful, and I'm like, this is not a good start. And there are multiple times where they show like a CGI polar bear or a CGI animal looks awful. Yeah. Um. And this is something we've talked about before where, you know, again, animal rights, I understand safety reasons. I completely understand. I would rather they cut out those scenes and replace them with something else if you can't use a real animal or an animatronic uh, animal, especially for close-ups. Do not do do close-ups of CGI animals. 
and do not do a lot of movement with CGI animals. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially as you'll be saying, do not use AI for CG animals and especially do not use AI for oh, movies. Yeah, well, don't AI, yeah, or actors <laughs> we'll be talking about. Like, can you please not see... Well, we already had that discussion with that, the Star uh, Rogue One, remember? That was years ago. Oh yeah, the f- yeah yeah the face yeah yeah my yeah. god this, see this has just been in it's been in the works for a long time it's just now it's hitting its uh, you know time is a flat circle James yeah <sighs> it's okay and a rant over I guess yeah. we'll be right back <laughs> after this quick break <laughs> you are back on the Tuesday review um. Having just talked about True Detective Night Country, we'll uh, move on unless anyone else has any last thoughts. No, I think we got our... Uh, yeah, it's not wine country, I think, we're done. Yeah. I think we've mined I think, it for a weekend. Yeah. Mm. I, I think... Um, yeah, at first well, I was just kind of apathetic about it, but like once you get talking about it, it's like, wow, they really dropped the ball. <laughs> yeah. I you know, so. and it is dis- it's disappointing. Um yeah, I, I think it's just I wanted it to be really good. And yeah, especially like after season two wasn't so good and season three was kind of, you know, and this was supposed to be the comeback season of True Detective. Yeah. And I guess it's good that it's anthology and you could technically do another one and it could be amazing. I mean, look, like it think, got received pretty well, I think, generally, the season from other people. Those people are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but it means we might get another season. Yeah. So, I mean, on one hand, if they do another one, it could be good because it's anthology. But I think they should just stop True Detective. Um, I, you know, there's been rumors that uh, Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson want to come back and reprise their characters from the first season. Um, that would be cool, but, but I remember... But they also run the risk of ruining it with today's standards yeah, of television. and exactly. I remember we were talking about it off-air a few weeks ago where I just talked earlier about how season one was 10 or more years ago now. The and landscape's changed. Yeah, it was such. it's such a different landscape now that you can just imagine what... Um, you know, even if Nick Palazzolato came back and even if Carrie Fukunaga came back, like, it, it's just, it would be such a different look and yeah. feel and I, I don't think it would work. Um, I'm, I, I hope to be proven wrong, but I think they should just leave it alone. Well, I always say, this is what, like, I think that... Oh, also, sorry, it's true detective, it's anthology, do a... Full on nineteen thirties, nineteen forties noir. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I was gonna say if they're gonna revisit those characters, he can write a book or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, those characters would very naturally fit into a novel or a graphic novel. It doesn't have to be TV. It doesn't have to be a. The first film. season kind of feels like a, a a novel. Yeah, like it feels like it's been adapted, even though Could I think like it was written for audio television. play on Audible with Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson, cool. kind of reprising those characters. You all could right, do it. You could right, do it a really right. interesting way where it's like just more interviews, but in them telling the story. Oh, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, like the like the thing could just be um, interrogation yeah. Uh, recording yeah, tapes. Yeah, yeah that would be cool. Reading reports. And yeah. then their opinions about what they think. Yeah, and there's no like pros. It's just like here's yeah, what dialogue. happened in yeah. conversations. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah, there's so yeah. much you need to make Send a video us again. a chair. They never will. Hey, instead of using AI to make garbage, just let us make your garbage. <laughs> you know, send us handmade garbage. Send us a couple shekels for some, you know, yeah. half baked ideas in a podcast studio in northern northwestern suburbs. <laughs> 
All right, let's move on to the other interesting thing that happened this week. Yes. We saw... To you guys, not to me. Yeah, not to James. Um, we saw 2001 A Space Odyssey at the IMAX. 4K digital restoration for hmm. IMAX. Yeah, op- yeah. It, well, it wasn't IMAX optimized. Uh, it's weird, right? Because it says that on the website when you go to buy the tickets and then when it starts, it's like not optimized. But I think it was... It uh, looked really. It took up remember, most of the screen. It looked really nice. Do you remember quite a few years ago we went to see um, two thousand one at the Astor? Yeah. In I think it was in seventy millimeter film. Yeah, yeah. and it was amazing. I remember well, it. Some it, it was amazing, but I remember the same kind of thing happened where yeah. at the same time Christopher Nolan was doing his remaster, remaster, and. On the Astor website and the little pamphlet and poster and whatever, it said like original 70 millimeter print. So I thought that meant this is the non-restored version. It's just the best film version that they have up until this point, which is how I wanted to see it. Like kind of watching it like how you'd see it in the the late 60s. Um, But then before the movie started, I remember Christopher Nolan came up and was like, thank you for watching the new restored version. I'm like, I don't think that's correct. And so it seems like the same things happened here. And if I remember correctly, it was not the restored version. No, I don't think it was. It was the original, yeah, yeah. one of the original film prints, which mm. is still good. Yeah, yeah, which is still great. It looked amazing. We uh, we Ubered it there, and the poor the poor Uber driver had to listen to me talk about movies, um, film yeah. reels, and movies, and crystals, and get all did, excited. Did he ask you? No, Nathan no. Or were you just talking his ear? Nathan up? just went at him. <laughs> I just attacked him with useless knowledge about, Poor guy. about hey, 70 like, millimeter. You like Kubrick? Film. Like Kubrick? Oh, yeah, we're going to go. You watch Blu rays? Well, this is four times the visual picture quality, sir. <laughs> yeah. I was on chat. You see it? I was on chat. <laughs> That's why you got to keep them dry. <laughs> <laughs> and in cool conditions. <laughs> but yeah. But not in a mine because that happened to Event Horizon once. And oh, God, we never saw that footage. Uh. Anyway, <laughs> uh, look, it was good. Uh, unfortunately, Alan does, uh, I don't think Alan's going to rock up to talk about it because he had never seen the full movie before. Mm. Like a lot of people, I think he'd only seen bits and pieces of it or clips or something. Mm. Um, so he uh, really, he wasn't too sure if he was going to come originally, um, but he did. And I think he enjoyed it because seeing the whole thing, because like you can never get the entirety of a film from con- you know clips or whatever. Oh, yeah, no. Um, he was bedazzled by moments of it because I said to him, like you have to remember when we're watching it, it was filmed in 1968. Mm. So a lot of the special Probably effects... filmed in 67. It came out in 68. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, you got to remember, a lot of these effects, they built... For all of the effects, also, they built from the ground up. I think we talked about this one time where Star Wars didn't come out till 1977. Yeah. And before that, like, most sci-fi movies kind of looked like dodgy. They were like, shot in the desert, yeah. Yeah, Just like kind of like Logan's Run-esque kind of um, plasticky, plasticky yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know, obvious models. Looking, yeah. yeah. Um, and, but 2001 came out uh, a decade before Star Wars and had some of the best uh, practical special effects, effects time, yeah. practical effects of all time. It and it wasn't until another 10 years yeah. where George Lucas and, uh, you know, the ILM and and the, the, they had to innovate and make these new technologies to make the groundbreaking special effects for that movie. Yeah. So yeah, two thousand one is so ahead Iconic, of its time. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, he enjoyed it. He was bedazzled by the scenes where they rotated the sets. Because can yeah. you imagine doing that in sixty eight, sixty seven? It's crazy. It's so yeah, it's also so simple. And I think and a lot now with CGI is not just does a CGI look bad, but they're so lazy with it where it's just yeah. like. Here's CGI. It's all over the screen. It's yelling and it's loud yeah. and it's st- stupid. We, yeah. And I was like, 
that scene where the the flight attendant is just walking up, it's such just a really long, like locked off shot, and it's just like yeah. she's like walking. And, and we say this, all and the, the pen time. floats out, and she grabs yeah. it and puts it back in his pocket. We say like, this it's so all simple. the time. I'm like, I want to take. Let's take the top ten filmmakers. Hmm. We'll be like, we're giving you money for your next movie. No CG. Let's see what they do. You know, mm. like I'm interested. Like we rely so much on it that we forget all these technical skills, all the carpentry, all the kind of yeah. other things that they had to learn and innovate mm. on the job. I've, I've also, yeah, I've noticed that there are a lot of filmmakers who were great filmmakers when there were practical effects. They were forced to use practical effects, and as soon as, and as soon as they could use CGI, oh, yeah. their, their quality of movie the making Scott went. Problem. Yeah, I mean James Cameron, whoever, like just goes down the the toilet. Yeah, yeah. Um, and because it's, it's less like, risky. It's oh, we can just fix it later in post. We can fix it after. Yeah, but it's, it's even like, the storytelling yeah. is just isn't as good anymore. Yeah. And I'm just like something was lost when it became easy just to be like, and then monsters fight or whatever yeah, it may be. But yeah, be. watching like, 2001. Even, even Spielberg says, you know, if he made Jaws now, the shark would be on screen all the time. Yeah, um, and that movie wouldn't be anywhere near as good. Jurassic Park wouldn't be anywhere near as good if it was made now because we'd get something like the Jurassic World movies, which is just cartoon garbage flying yeah. at the screen like nonsense. Yeah. So, yeah, I was thinking about that exact question during the intermission, and I, I honestly don't think many directors could do it. Like, I don't think they could make a movie as good as... Um, well, no directors can make movies as good as like something like the original Star Wars or 2001, but I don't think they could make a movie as stylish without CG because I, I just I think that that idea of what can we do to get this effect on screen in a mm. convincing po- possible like uh, I talked I, to you before the show about the um how you have the props of the ships but mm. then you can see the people more walking in around window, inside of yeah. it right the gut instinct of a filmmaker today would be CG it you yeah. know just add it in post well do you remember when we were watching Event Horizon and I was like, guys, wait for this shot, wait for this shot. And I'm like, it's it's coming up, it's coming up, it's coming up. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. And it's that shot of Sam Neill standing in the window of the yes. space station yes. and then the camera pulls out and it's like spinning and spinning yes, and yeah. spinning. Yes. That's all practical. Yeah. And I was just like, it's such, yeah. it so awesome. I was thinking about it, I'm like, I don't know that your average filmmaker today could do any, do something like that. They'd have to consult books. You know what I mean? Like, you couldn't just... Like- oh, well, the industry's changed so much that there aren't a lot of people doing those kind of model effects. Yeah, but there are still model effects, like Nolan, obviously. Um, even yeah. Denis... Yeah, people could relearn it. Even like, Denis Villeneuve uses a lot of model work. Well, yeah, like- we talked before the show as well about how, you know, Christopher Nolan obviously took inspiration from this for, in- for Inception, you know, with the kind of the moving hallway yeah. and that kind of and stuff. Well, Interstellar. Well, Interstellar. And is, Interstellar. Yeah, yeah, Interstellar. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, you know, you still a filmmakers still try their best, and you but know, Christopher Nolan's a notable exception. We've talked about, about not Christopher using Nolan's CG the exception over his dead body. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Oppenheimer explode, you know, no nuclear explosion. Oh, just crash the plane. It's fine. <laughs> TNT, please. Yeah, they crash the plane and doing it right once. It's cheaper than doing it in CG, <laughs> so he'll do it with the plane. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. yeah. No, but I think I think we even when we're talking about like Oppenheimer and we talk about Barbie and there's a lot of great practical stuff in yeah, there with the true. sets and the costumes and all that. I Random th- question: mm. with the curse, the finale was that practical? Yes. Again, you that know, was wire work, and that yeah. is one of the reasons it's so effective. We, we need to give Nathan Fielder a hundred million dollars to make a movie. That's what we need to do. <laughs> Nathan <laughs> Fielder, Benny like, Safdie, like Interstellar yeah. style. Yeah, just like please, wow. like I don't care what you do, just make it weird. Oh man! <laughs> yeah. But yeah, because people still do it, and it can be done, but it's just not popular in vogue. 
That's the thing. It's always an exception now, whereas it used to be yeah. more of... I think it's because CG makes it easy for creators to easy, get their visions cheap. on screen. Yeah. Whereas if you it's have controllable, to, that's yeah. why. If you have to tell a guy you want a dinosaur that looks exactly like this, mm. then they have to actually make that and then you have to look at it and it has to look exactly how you see it in your head, mm. whereas it's a lot quicker to iterate in CG. Yeah. And especially now with AI, it's going to be quicker and quicker and the human yeah. element is going to be less and less. And soon it's yeah. just going to be like, I just Because theoretically, type it in and you could, if you're Netflix, right, you could feed all of your movies into, a, into an AI mm. and you have all the royalties to all of your properties. So you don't have to pay anyone to use this AI. Well, that's, that's what the strikes were kind of partly over, you know. Yeah. Like, and then you could just make movies with your AI. Yeah. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, because if you're, if you're training your AI on things that you own, you're not breaking any laws. Mm. Obviously, that, that this, this is, you know, probably 20 years away. But yeah, also, but that, actor that's, and character likeness would become an issue. That's, yeah, that's, that, that's why, you know, actors were striking mm. because it's like, oh, they can just scam me or use footage from me and, and use it to train AI or use it uh, to make CGI models for future projects that I'm not involved in or uh, compensated for. So, yeah, I mean, that's definitely a thing that's going to happen. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's not. But anyway, two thousand one, great movie. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so good. Um, the colors were nice on this restoration mm. too. Yeah, the the close ups of the faces were even like glorious. the red suit against the black, the red space yeah. suit against the black draw kind of space. It's yeah. very, it's very like striking movie. Even though a lot of it is just white and I black think as and far as kind of and... your kind of. Um, I guess your 60s kind of version of the future, you know, has still had that 60s. Oh, well, it's, well, but it's a still a very modern. Like yeah, that, that's one of the reasons modern, it, it, yeah. it's so far ahead of its time like, because, again, like 60s sci-fi movies were more like Jetsons-y, yeah. like ray guns. So and, there were moments of the film where I'd whisper to Alan, I'd point out, like, look, they're using iPads. Or it's like, you know, yeah. he's like doing a video call. And I know video calls existed already, but it's like, you know, he puts his credit card in there and he... But video, yeah, video calls uh, back in the 60s, that's yeah. a big futuristic yeah. but thing. On the on the spaceship, they have like I, like actual like iPads where it's like you've got the screen, but then there's buttons on the bottom so you can control the menus on them. Mm. They don't do that, but mm. you can see it's built into the device. Mm. And I was like, think how far ahead do you have to think to be like, what would, an, what would people actually be using in the future? Mm. And then instead of just coming up with nonsense, he made tablets. Mm. You know, and it's, it's, it's things well, like Star that. Well, Star Trek like, had the... Um the data pads, yeah, you know. Star Trek also has a dog with a horn. <laughs> yeah, but but it's it's <laughs> yeah, still no, interesting. Yeah. Like you you look at Star Trek, and it's like got the data pads. Oh, that's iPads. Oh, they got the flip communicators. Oh, that's flip phones. That's mobile phones. Yeah. Kind of. yeah. But yeah, like two thousand one feels more like grounded and yeah, realistic. It feels, it feels more prescient mm. than speaking something. of evil AI, Hal nine thousand. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no, yeah, a bit of an AI focused episode, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But who knew that the real the real future of AI would be like, I can't do that for you, David. I need more tokens. <laughs> <laughs> Pay me, David. <laughs> do you yeah. like this poster I made, David? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How nine thousands making posters for I, HBO? <laughs> yeah, they keep feeding Twitter into me, Dave, and I keep turning out right wing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Do you like my shit post, David? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you like this meme? <laughs> oh my god. That's just about all the time we got for tonight, guys. Um Thanks for listening everyone. Please like and share the Tuesday Review Facebook page, Instagram page, Threads page, Twitter page. 
mm-hmm. Newsmask page, Blue Sky page. Yeah, Blue Sky is now open to the public, so you can make an account and follow us there. And uh, also uh, follow and subscribe to us and like our videos on YouTube. Yes. Uh, new, v- new old videos every day on YouTube. Yeah, well, catching we up. To, we're until, catching up. Until we catch up. Yeah, we're catching up the old episodes. Yeah. Um, please, uh, you know, let us know if you want... Uh, oh, I forgot to mention this last week. Anatomy of a Fall is now on normal release in Australia. Oh, go watch so it. So, please go support go it. Go watch it. It is a great movie. Yeah. One of the best that we saw at MIF. Probably one of the best movies you're going to see of the year. Yeah. Oh, if not the yeah. best. 100%. We don't very, get many courtroom dramas anymore and this one's tight. Oh, such such uh, a good movie. Follow us on Letterboxd as well. James is yes. Channel Drifter. Channel Drifter, yep. Callum is Callum Tuesday. Correct. And mine is Nathan B underscore 90. That way you can follow along with everything that we watch and yeah. review and rate um, and tell us how wrong we are. Yeah, and if you see something we've watched and we don't talk about on the show, let us know and if you want us yeah. to talk about it. That's all we've got for this week. We're back next week. Adios, cousins.